As Dave briefly mentioned, we are actually on a journey this year. We're going to be using the Revised Common Lectionary for the rest of the year to uh, uh, do our sermons, to immerse ourselves in Scripture and God's unfolding story. And so it's kind of fun because we get to lengthen Christmas a little bit. And one of the lengthenings of Christmas that we find is we just continue to uh, tell God's story and Jesus's story from his birth is that, uh, you know, after he was born and sometime, we don't know exactly how long, if it was a year or a couple of years, um, our story takes place. And so it really is to just continue the journey of Christmas and the unfolding story of uh, scripture and Jesus' life. So I'm going to read to us from Matthew chapter 2, just the first 12 verses. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you be with us in this time as we reflect on your word May you speak, and may we listen. May we learn to hear your voice and tune into uh, all that you are doing and saying and working in us so that we might deepen our discipleship, so that we might be captivated by the beauty of the story, and it might change us and change uh, how we live our lives from here. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, I think the question that this, sto- this uh, story, one of my favorite stories in scripture, always presents is a question something like, if you were one of these magi standing out there one day, seeing a peculiar star in the sky, Would you be willing to give up whatever you were doing 
and to follow that star. Or another way we might ask it is, are you willing to follow the star to the sun? That's a question I want to ask this morning. Are you willing to follow the star to the sun? And I think the yes that these magi were willing to give in response to the beauty of that star should inspire us. It should be an example to us of what's possible when we say yes to the beauty of God. You know, they weren't given a bunch of certitudes or a map. What they were given was this peculiar and surprising and beautiful star. And maybe they didn't even know exactly all the reasons why they said yes, but they still said yes. Maybe this morning you don't know all the reasons why you are here, but you are here. There's something about the beauty of who God is and what he is about that whether consciously or unconsciously draws us, gives us curiosity, perhaps even wonderment about what it could all mean. And so it was their fascination that led them on this journey, and that's the journey that I want to invite you again to go on in 2022 with me. And one of the ways we'll go on this journey this year is to just simply follow the story as it goes through Jesus' life, through all the major points of his life, through his teaching, and then um, all the way to his death and resurrection and ascension, and then the journey through the early church as a way for us to see that we are invited on this journey together. But before you answer, if you're willing to put your yes uh, with the Magi's yes again this year, I think it's important for us to talk about the context of this journey. To talk about what is in front of us and what was in front of the Magi as they decided to take up this journey. One of the places we see that in Scripture is in verse 3. It is such an important line of Scripture. As we see revealed in one line of Scripture, two groups that were totally disturbed by the news that Jesus was born in the world. And I wonder if you would expect these two groups to be disturbed. The great political power of Jesus' time and the great religious power of Jesus' time. In verse verse 3 we read, King Herod heard this and he was disturbed, speaking of Jesus' birth, and all of Jerusalem with him. So the context for the Magi was danger. 
It's a danger that's lurking just beneath the surface of the story. It's the tension that is lurking just beneath the surface of the words of this story. And we discover what happens uh, in the future of the story. But for now, we live in the tension with the Magi of what happens when you're on an uncertain journey and you have to navigate uncertain times and uncertain places and you don't know exactly what it all means or what it's all headed towards and yet you decided to go. One of the things we can see in verse 3, I think Matthew is trying to highlight in this story is that there's something very, very worrisome when the great political power and the great religious power have the same reaction to Jesus. That there's something about that and that this, this sense that they were disturbed that will one day actually be why Jesus loses his life. But it will not be in this story that that happens. In fact, Jesus will actually barely escape losing his life as just a baby, along with possibly Mary and Joseph, we don't know. But we know that what happens after this story is that Herod reveals who he really is and the terror and the menace that was lurking behind his words to the Magi. And so we see the tactics, Herod's tactics, revealed through the way Matthew crafts his story and the way he behaved. You know, we see this this ironic uh, line of scripture put right in verse 8. It says this, Go and search carefully for the child. These are the words of Herod. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Behind this subtle lie, we see even though Herod was the most powerful man, he was deeply insecure. And he wanted no rivals. No one that could pose a threat to his kingdom and his authority. And so what he tries to do is to convince these magi that their story that they're living in is his story. That the reason why they saw that star in the sky was because he needed to go and see what was going on with a potential rival. And you can imagine the experience for the magi as they are just simply kind of uh, in this wonder and and chaos and and not really knowing exactly what's happening or who to believe or what to do. And so Herod sees his moment and he tries to seize it. And we can also see in the story how the Magi represent uh, these promises of Herod, right? The promises that could be lurking under the surface of proximity to power. Like if they did what Herod said, if they started living in Herod's story, then perhaps they would be able to get gifts. Perhaps the palace would look fondly on them. Perhaps they would garnish favor with Herod and that would help them in their personal lives. 
or even the promise of a threat of what if they didn't do what Herod wanted them to do? What if they didn't go along with what Herod was asking of them? This menace lurking just beneath the surface. Oh, well, if we don't do this, what's going to happen to us? And so we see these magi, they give up whatever they were doing on their own dime to go on this journey, and then they end up in the king's palace, and the king is trying to teach them what kind of story that they're living in, and we also realize that the religious powers are working with Herod. And so there really is this context this tough context, this dangerous context by which this journey is being undertaken. And I wonder if we could just name some things about our context right now. I mean, I know you guys could name some things about what's going on, what the challenges are to be on a journey pursuing God in our time. Two we might call out would be, one is the rising secular power in our time. The way in which Christians are viewed as naive and outdated. And to come and hear a story about a star in the sky seems so like something of another time for another people. And so that voice is out there. As you leave this place, you may encounter people that will tell you that story, right? How could you, come on, in 2022 still, really? And we might even see, well, okay, so here's, okay, so that's not your story. What is the story? And they might point to Marx or Nietzsche, Freud, say, you know, what really is under the surface of all of this is uh, your drives, your drives for money and sex and power. That's all really the human condition is about. That's all that really gets the human animal up in the morning are these drives. There's no altruistic love that would animate a person to do what they're doing in their life. So we could take fire from that side, right, as we go out as I get my hair cut and they ask me what my job is, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> in fact, one of the barbers in his, uh, that I go to in Redondo, has a sign that says, you can't talk about politics or religion in the barbershop. So I said, I don't think I can answer what I do for a living then. <laughs> it's against the rules of this barbershop. And on the other hand, we can take fire from the other side. Churches that, whether knowingly or unknowingly, influenced by fundamentalism, that want to prevent, present certitudes, final answers, an answer for every possible question that you could possibly have before you even go on the journey. Systems that look more like, well, I heard from God. This is the answer. 
you accept the voice of God or you don't and you are in or out. And so sometimes, even though I'm a pastor, I'm in conversations over here and I'm going, I don't know, can I be a part of your club? Put a lot of time and energy and energy into this. And the group gets smaller and smaller and smaller who's welcome to go on the journey. And so here we are in the middle, taking fire from both sides. But what I love about the example of these magi is that they keep their attention on the star. John Green, a great theologian, said, that where your attention is, is ultimately where your life will be. Where your focus is, is what matters. Where your focus is, is the beginning of adoration. Where your focus is what shapes and forms you. No matter where it is, wherever you put your attention, you're being shaped and formed by that. And so we navigate together and may we look at the Magi's example and learn a couple things about the promise of the journey. What we get when we say yes to this challenging journey, one, is that we get friends. Right? I love that these Magi go together, the three of them on the journey together. Can you imagine the conversations that they were having? Can you believe we're doing this? I mean, we just saw a star. You saw the star, right? You, you saw it. I saw it. You saw it. Can you believe we gave up everything to do this? Is Herod lying to us? I think he's lying to us. Yeah, he's probably lying. I don't know what we'll get out of it, but I know what we'll get if we don't do what he says. You still got your frankincense? Yeah, I do. You still got your myrrh? Yeah, I got it. Can you believe we're doing this? Can you believe we are on this wild journey? I wonder what's going to happen. I know we are again in the season where we need to choose the phone a friend option in our lives. So if you are feeling overwhelmed or anxious about what is going on, don't make a decision. Don't start working until you phone a friend and you talk to them. I've phoned many friends this week as I thought about what's going on and the leadership decisions that need to be made and I didn't get the kind of friend who wanted to tell me everything about what I should be doing, who had all the answers, right? I don't call that friend. I call the friends that tell me about their war stories and what's going on with them. And we share a laugh and we share a tear and we say, isn't it crazy that we're all on this journey together? And I think of all the things 
that's going to help us through the journey. It's going to be our willingness and our ability to find those friends that we can call and share the journey with. And the other thing that I think happens when you say yes to the journey is it begins to redeem the time. Because all of a sudden, all the things that are happening, all of the tough stuff is put in the right framework. That our time right now matters. That your minutes and your days matter. That as you walk on the journey with your friends who are also following the star, that all deeply matters. It matters for you and your purpose in your life. It matters for the person next to you in this church. It matters for your friends and your family. Is the way in which you learn how to navigate all of the challenges of our time in a way in which you can share and love and have grace and mercy. And all of that, if you can accomplish in this time, will be so profound as you, as we somehow move into another future. And we look back and we ask, who were we and what did we do and where did we put our attention in the hardest of times? And here's the thing about these magi. That when they followed the star to the sun and they got there, they made it. They didn't get gifts they gave gifts. And it was their natural response to the beauty of Jesus Christ to just simply fall down and worship him. Because they knew that somehow all of what they were doing had led to them to the exact place that they were supposed to go and the natural response to learning that you are in the right place at the right time, having a unique experience, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, is worship. And they didn't find it in the great palace. They found it in a shack with Jesus. And so... This year, I'm going to say yes again to this journey. And I'm going to ask you, are you willing to say yes to this journey? Because I'm going to need some people to laugh with and cry with. And I think we only make it if we go together. And so may we see this example of the Magi. See where their attention was and how it led them to the exact right place. And may it inspire us to do the same. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, 
uh, put our attention on you again. Lord, we come into this space with our attention all over the place, and uh, it's so easy to be distracted or uh, to hear the voices of other stories, to hear the competing voices, and uh, to find ourselves lost or feeling alone. But you call us again to be reminded that we have each other and that we have you and you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the one who is uh, providing on the journey. And may we see all the things that you are doing as we walk this road together. And even though we don't know where it all may lead, we know that you are with us. And so we can say we are thankful and that you are worthy of praise and glory and honor. In your precious and holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Will you stand and let's sing together. <laughs>